This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. There are a few harvest yield reports coming in as farmers get started, but not enough to tell us much about yield trends yet. I expect that they will run better than expected in the dry areas of the western Corn Belt and less than expected in the wet eastern Corn Belt. Rain makes grain except where there is way too much of it. Early frost risk is passed here relative to crop maturity. Heat and dry conditions forecast this week will bring the crop on relative to dry down. USDA is looking for some record to near record yields in the state by state breakdown. I know that many are highly skeptical of Illinois at 214. USDA thinks that the late season rains will help Iowa and Minnesota, adding five bushel per acre to both states' corn yield. Maybe. Last year, a wet June made for shallow roots. When it quit raining last year in late July and August, shallow-rooted crops died. This year, the dry June sent roots deep so that those not damaged by an unusual amount of rootworm pressure took advantage of every drop of rain that fell. To limit that might have been smaller ears, fewer rows, and too many stress degree days. August rains this year did not hurt corn yields, but I think that they helped soybeans more, adding a bushel per acre to Iowa and four bushel per acre to Minnesota soybean yields, according to USDA. They also added three bushel per acre to Louisiana soybean yield, despite Ida. The way that USDA math works, any fields lost actually add to a higher average yield. There is an unusually wide disparity between current USDA crop condition ratings and the yield estimates they release Friday that will have to be reconciled. Both corn and soybean condition ratings are lower than a year ago at this time, while USDA yield forecasts are higher than the final yields last year. Acreage expectations have played a major role in trade expectations, but as a general statement, those thinking that farmers would plant a slug more corn acres have been wrong. From the very beginning, those like Informa with their acreage models have been off. They'll need to recalibrate them. They overstated corn acreage expectations in the March planting intentions report, and then they overstated the June acreage report, and again they overstated this one. We have wondered out loud in the past, why with FSA data, that it took until October to come up with an accurate acreage total after farmers had reported to FSA. They just needed to make it a priority to get the data together, and they added it to this report. Everything was profitable to grow this year, not just corn. The FSA added 600,000 corn acres, 300,000 of which came from soybeans. USDA used nearly the same number for planted and harvested acres. We are skeptical that they'll keep that relationship. The September 30th quarterly stocks report should be good for the corn market, but less bullish for soybeans. I make that determination from analyzing the basis for each crop. Old crop corn has been and still is tight with end users bidding up to get the combines going. They are still paying 60 to 65 cents over Chicago border trade here and 30 over for the rest of the month. Feed mills were outbidding the ethanol plant. USDA often uses a September stocks report to make their last adjustment for 2020 production. Given how cash markets have responded, there is no surplus old crop corn supply. They will try to break the basis when the combines move, but I think it will be very temporary. We have the bid room to store our entire crop. Prices are below USDA forecast price averages. 
so selling at harvest would leave money on the table. Basis improvement alone will pay for storage, and we are still bullish beyond just seasonal price factors. They boosted corn feed usage 75 million bushel, ethanol by 75 million, and exports by 150 million for a total improvement of 300 million bushels to demand. We knew that months ago. They reduced Brazil's corn production to 86 million metric tons, which creates tremendous opportunity for U.S. corn exports. Both export loading facilities are dinged up, but they will get fixed and become operational, and then they'll play catch-up. Total exports should be unaffected in the long run. I still think that the USDA corn yield is too high, harvested acres are too high, and corn exports forecast are too low. I am planning on moving more aggressively than last year in marketing old crop. That is not because our 2020 marketing plan was wrong. It was not. But only because I think that prices will buy acres somewhere in the world. And another corn crop disaster in Brazil is unlikely. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.